0: So our hope is that this podcast will encourage growth, both for individuals and communities.
1: We don't have all the answers, but we're here to sort out as much as we can over a drink or two. Join us as we ravel out our faith in a complex world, pulling on one thread at a time, seeking meaning at the end of it all. Thanks for listening. My friends, it's always good to talk to you. How are you? Happy
0: New Year, friends. What's up?
2: 2022.
0: Bow, 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 I haven't meow. talked to you guys since last year. Oh my gosh. You're that guy. Fart. Like, I haven't seen you wow. since last year. I'm that guy. Yeah. That's all right. I'll um, we'll give it to you. Well,
1: what are you guys drinking champagne this week? What are you guys bringing for like kicking the year off?
0: Wow. <gasps> I didn't even think that far ahead. I didn't think that far ahead either.
2: I did.
0: Oh. What? What?
2: Come on, really? Are Give you questioning me. me? Yes. I am I am three fisting it today.
0: Oh, oh my great. God.
1: So, Amazing.
2: Since I am breastfeeding and I wanted to be mindful of poor Thea, I have uh, just your standard like non-alcoholic apple cider bubbly, you know, uh, which is great in a fancy glass though. Okay. Like I'm going to, I'm still going to do it upright. right. Sure. Uh, so that's beverage number one. Beverage number two is a really nice hot mug of my British blend because um, it's still really cold here and I needed to warm myself up. So that's drink number two. And then drink number three is this really awesome crystal light melon packet that i found in my pantry wow. and it just sounded really good and it was
1: please all tell alone. me you're just
0: dry eating the packet oh Ew. no Ew. like no. pixie sticks no what <laughs> it's like fun dip without the dipper
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly just use my finger uh so yeah i have three drinks
0: tonight so i just got the go. image of emily just like Dipping a pinky in the crystal light packet and like rubbing it on her gums.
2: <laughs> First of all, if I'm going to be dipping any it's of my phalanges into flavor. it, it's going to be it's going to be the pointer finger.
1: Like I'm going to go ham. Okay, oh, All right. Just saying. Fair enough. Uh, I'm drinking my classic tension tamer tea. I got a double bag in there. Ooh. It's super nice. It's a chilly
0: rainy night, so it's perfect. Yeah, perfect. I have a I have a dark windy night this evening myself, so I'm drinking a nice honey lavender stress relief tea by yogi oh yeah it's that's new just for you delight it's just a nice mug of tea today mm. Dixie got a new tea set like a uh a Chinese tea set with the tiny little mugs and stuff so we've been doing a lot of nice different kinds of teas from the loose leaf shop here in Billings Ooh, it's very fun Ooh. it's very nice there you go it's a very relaxing ritual um, I don't really have a good segue here. Um, so maybe I should
1: just tell you like where my mind is at, and we'll see where it goes. Sure. Um, if to anyone who listened to our bonus episode yes. that we posted last week to the Patreon crew who supports us, or if you want to go listen to it, you heard the trailer on the feed, and you want to support us for as little as three dollars a month, you can go listen to the bonus episode there. So we're not going to go rehash everything, but basically, Stephen, I kind of want to continue from yours and my conversation that we had. And Emily, since you weren't there, maybe I just want to give like a little bit of a preface as to like where my mind is at right now. Yeah, absolutely. So Stephen and I talked a lot about in that conversation, but one of the things that it highlighted for me was like the idea of following your dream in a way. And I think one thing that I've been really mindful of, especially in the last year or so, as I've had many different coworkers come and go I've just always been struck by my bosses who have so graciously like worded to people. Like if you're leaving us to go follow your dream, awesome. Like more power to you. Like you do what it is you feel like you're meant to do. And that's like so highly upheld, which I think there's like a certain level of professionalism there. But I also think it's an interesting idea that I see in Christianity. Like I think that uh, there's like a little bit of that concept there. But then I, as I was like thinking about that more after our conversation, I don't think we've talked about dreams in like that's fun, yeah,
0: yeah. So that's kind
1: of where my mind is rolling. I mean, obviously, there's like so many like different ideas behind dreams, even just within Christianity. Let alone the whole idea of like follow your own dream. That is so true. And like whether we want to go down that road. So where do you guys want to go with this? That's kind of where I'm at.
2: Oh, why don't we let's start? Let's leave the Bible stuff for the end. Let's start with... Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about our dreams, following our dreams.
0: It's, it's an interesting phrase, especially considering the time of year. Like, we're in peak yeah. New Year's resolution. Like, everyone's probably in, like, a week into a New Year's resolution, right? If you observe resolutions that way. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of the season of, like, reinvention or reinvigorating like energies that we've lost over the last year. Something like that. Reimagining. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: I think that, um, Oh my gosh. I just forgot the word that you just said. Resolution. I almost said revolution. Re- the resolution concept I think is like the closest non-religious concept to the Christian idea of resurrection. Oh, Ooh, say more. Like, say more. I'm not trying to be preachy about it, but, <laughs> um, like it just like resonates with people. I think like the idea of newness, and oh, yeah, like almost a sense of like reclaiming lost time.
2: And I think when we think of resurrection, at least in this sense, it's not the old you returning. It's
1: mm.
2: like your essence, but there is something new.
1: Mm. And
2: I think with resolutions, it's the same thing. Like you are still you, but there are elements of you that you want to change or leave behind or start anew. And I think that's so inviting and I really like that
1: distinction Josh I really do I really like that do you think that people are attracted to the idea of resolutions because it's so similar to the idea of resurrection because I think that a lot of Christians are attracted or like what's the right word I think a lot of Christians just center around the idea of resurrection like I think it's powerful mm-hmm. do you think that people are drawn to the idea of resolution because it's so similar to that mm. Like it's kind of to your point, Emily, you're like you're not returning to your old self, but like you're being made new somehow
2: made new. I would think so. Yeah. And I think what's so I don't want to say attractive, but what's so appealing maybe is a better word is it doesn't require anything of you. Like you're not obligated. Mm. You're not forced to. It's something that you are just open to participate in willingly if you want and i think you can still be made new even if you don't like quote-unquote have a resolution
0: mm, really okay
2: i think i think so yeah that's
1: interesting as in just like turning the chapter in your life so to speak mm-hmm. yeah hmm. i think you're right like sometimes it does happen to align with the beginning of the year like you finally start working out or you finally cut something out of your diet yeah. but like it, it isn't always tied seasonally and it's not always right. a conscious decision either. I think that's a good point. I think the one thing that I don't like, tell me if you agree with this. I, I don't think I love that the language around like following your dream often sounds so similar to like finding your purpose. Like Elise and I were talking about mm. the idea of purpose earlier. and It's like striking to me how similar those concepts are, but I feel like in, Christian world that often gets talked about as like you have one calling or one purpose mm. and it like gets so distilled down to like it reminds me of people on TikTok who are like you just need to find your niche and like only post about that one thing and it like feels reductive to me in some ways so like mm-hmm. do you feel like there is that correlation there
0: or no? You mean like you're not just seeing things like we recognize the same thing? Is that what you're asking?
1: Yeah like do you think that the, the idea of following your dream is or is not the same thing as like having a purpose Mm. and or is that whole
0: concept reductive? Like it distills you to just one thing. I think it can be. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. we, we would be tempted to try and define like the dream or the purpose of our lives. Very in a very detailed way. way. Like I almost think of the way that um, business people talk about making smart goals. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. but maybe purpose doesn't get to be that high definition, you know, because like I've I've also heard the same thing even about like, here's how to grow your Twitter influence. Right. Like find the thing you'd like to tweet about most and like only tweet about that. And like mm-hmm. I just I reject that wholeheartedly because sometimes I want to make right. a joke. Sometimes I want to be very serious. Sometimes I want to like just engage in a straight up conversation. You want to be a human. <laughs> Yeah, you be exactly. A, yeah, you
2: want to be a human. It's freaking, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. It's, we're, Heaven forbid. I'm a normal person on Twitter, you know, which I think of my dream and I think of my purpose as what I'm trying to do with podcasting in general and with Highline Network. But even then, you know, I kind of have this idea of like, we're a group of artist-owned podcasts by normal people created in normal places. And I almost don't want to define it any more than that because I want it to mm mean what it means to mm. you when you hear it. And like, yeah, I know when my compass is pointing that direction and I get very excited about it when I move that direction as well. But I don't know. I don't need an exact heading. I just need to know that I should go north-ish. Mm. Because it does feel reductive. It does feel like, yeah, just find your niche or whatever. As if we were just things to be put in a box.
1: Emily, I can't remember if I've asked you this or if we've talked about this on an episode. How do you feel about the idea of like pastors having or f- like feeling the calling towards ministry? Like, is that something you mm. identify with?
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And I we actually did, I think, an episode, well, maybe part of an episode talking about call.
1: Mm hmm.
2: I think what is interesting, though, is your dream and your purpose may not always align. And mm. that's where it can, and that's where like call is a very interesting thing. And we had talked about, you know, some people are called into something, but they may not necessarily have the skills to do it. But they're so passionate about it that they keep trying, and hmm. and that's all great. And so I am in line with you where I don't think dream and purpose is the same thing at all. I do not think that.
0: Hmm. Um, do you think a dream is intrinsic, like the dream comes from within you, whereas a calling, like you have to be invited by something or someone else. Hmm. Like it's an, like the call is an extrinsic, like you were told by many people in your life that you would be a great pastor. And even if you want to externalize so far as to say like, I felt called by God, Mm -hmm. that's something, but I've never heard us use the language of dreams in the same way. You know, I agree. God gave me a dream for this.
1: Hmm.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: And maybe they both, maybe calling and dream fall under the umbrella of just like purpose generically. Mm. Mm. I feel like there's a creative element
1: to dream too. Like there's Mm. like this sense of imagination. Like you know that you came up with it yourself, but like you still have to think about it. And I think purpose to me evokes more of like you did it on purpose. Like there was an intention behind it and like you were trying to like just do Mm. cause and effect Mm -hmm. versus like think outside the box, like dream it up.
0: Sure. Oh.
1: I like I don't know. That's just like like kind of how my mind associates it. But it's also interesting to me That like these two words, actually, no, these, I would say these three words, like dream purpose and vision are like rampant in the Bible and especially in like Christian thought. But we talk about them so like abstractly often, I think, but even though like at least two of the words refer to very tangible things, (laughs) like I physically have vision (laughs) and I like I guess dreams are still kind of abstract, but like dreams are experienced in the individual self. Like they're still an experience yeah, of a real thing. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. intrinsic part. It, it's fascinating to me. I'm not really sure. Like, I don't think I have anything profound to say here, but it's fascinating to me that those words, A, are in the Bible, but then B, get talked about in like the modern, the contemporary culturally Christian type of speech as just sort of like a... As if we all understand what it means to have a dream and a vision in like the abstract sense. Mm. When like in the Mm. Bible, they're often talked about in such tangible
0: senses.
2: Very, very clear. Like Daniel
1: literally
0: had a dream. Or Or Peter had the vision of the sheet descending with all the animals. mm. Right.
2: Or uh, Joseph.
0: Oh yeah, Joseph.
1: How were you taught to think about like dreams and visions either abstractly or quite literally growing up Christian.
0: Mm. I don't think it was something discussed much Mm. until I started thinking about it in high school. And we started like a group of us were kind of asking questions about it in small group. Mm -hmm. And like the takeaway I remember getting, and this may or may not have been the intention of the, (laughs) the youth leader. Exactly. But like, what I came away with was pray to God that he would give you dreams and visions, like something Mm. like prophetic, right? Like it was tied to like the idea of either having a sense for what was coming in the future or a way of like, like externalizing some struggle you're having, putting it in the sense or in the scenes of a dream. And it teaches you about something you're trying to learn, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. But it was specifically like, Pray to God that he gives you the dreams.
2: I don't think I ever really, that wasn't really something that was discussed when I was growing up.
1: Typical mainline. So
0: that, I know. Us, <laughs> us, us mainline
2: Protestants. My gosh. What is what is wrong with us? We're totally missing out on all the interesting subjects. Wow.
0: Well, you yourself say that you don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough.
2: That is so true. And I think this is another thing that we don't talk about enough <laughs> that needs to change.
0: Do you find them related? Do you think yes. that this oh, gosh, like yes. this? Because I, I think of dreams, visions, and my brain goes straight to prophecy, which goes straight to that is a gift of the spirit, along with like Amen. speaking in tongues and all the other ones I'm forgetting Preach right it, now. You Preach know, it. like, OK, so it is all related. This is a I Holy Spirit. It thing. Yeah. It's a Holy Spirit realm. Which is admittedly the most mystical and the weirdest uh, branch of the Trinity.
2: Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think it's because it's something that is not tangible all the time.
1: Do you feel like you received more of that thought teaching in seminary or anything? Like what started to connect the dots for you in regards to that?
2: Actually, I think it would be my Christology class in seminary. We had a large portion of it actually dedicated to talking about the Holy Spirit, And Mm -hmm. part of that was for a project. I remember my friend Maddie, uh, Maddie Boggus. if you're listening to this, this is uh, a shout out to your project our first year. She did a really cool project where she took bits of the Bible. And for those of you who are about to hear this, uh, you might want to cover your ears. She took parts of the Bible and ripped the pages out and then actually made them into like flowers Really pretty. Oh. And then she connected all those flowers together and made three rings. And then she connected those rings together. And her project was talking about the connection between Father, Son, Holy Spirit um, and the imagination that comes from. And it was just like, I remember the final product of seeing those flowers connected in those rings. And I'm just so in awe of the creativity and the gumption that she had to take Pieces of the Bible and rip it apart. Mm. Like, just so creative and so awesome. I'm just really, I'm really moved by that. You know, I think the imagination is a powerful gift and it can be used in so many wonderful ways. So that's Mm. my,
1: yeah. I think when I was growing up, especially when I still had this like Pentecostal flavor that I was interested in, I would often get like bits and pieces of teaching here and there about dreams and visions, but them being like tangible realities that were God given that were like kind of like what you were describing Stephen about them being spiritual gifts. Yeah. But it was definitely under the assumption that you would genuinely learn something about the future that was going to happen. Like God was letting you in on something that God knew about Mm -hmm. was going to happen and you were getting like the inside scoop. And that was the purpose of dreams and visions. Mm. And I don't remember ever getting the sense from that corner of Christianity that it was ever more in the like abstract sense of like vision casting and let's dream up a future where God is doing something. It it was always like, this is a physical reality that God is going to give
0: you. Did you ever have a dream that you thought was like that? Uh,
1: well, um, so along those lines, um, (laughs) it was also very highly encouraged to like get into dream interpretation.
0: Ooh. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Did you feel like
1: you guys ever experienced this? Do you know what I'm... Yes, a little bit. It was only
0: talked about when we brought up Joseph in Egypt. Ah. Yeah, otherwise, like, my church never engaged in it, never tried to utilize it.
1: So some preachers and teachers that were, like, an influence in this corner of my life were definitely heavily into the idea that if we all have... If we're all Christians, we all have a little Holy Spirit, then we should all, A, be able to, and B, we all should interpret our dreams and assume that they're all God given and we should actively like seek and pray for more understanding of like what God is teaching us in our dreams. Wow. wow. And it was totally extrapolating the Joseph story to like modern day Christians. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me on a like hermeneutical level because like you're like taking one story and like trying, trying to generalize that to everyone when like the modern Christian or the, like the second century Christians don't seem like, they were doing that. Like, Paul doesn't talk about mm-hmm. it, like, at all. hmm Except mm. where he's like, your old men will dream dreams and your young oh, men will see visions. I was just about visions. to
0: say that. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. But, like, you mm-hmm. could argue that that's metaphorical. Right? What? Like, he's not giving, he like, could? a specific, like, here's how to do your dream interpretation. Get a dictionary. Trees mean this. Houses mean
0: this. He also kind of ties it to the idea that the end times are coming. Uh, you know, like, in the end times... Oh yeah, your young men will yeah. see visions and all that. And I, I, I do remember hearing things like, "Yep, it's no coincidence that people are seeing more visions in the in the church lately because uh, the end is near." And then they were handing out like <laughs> freaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always an emphasis on the end times. What are those James novels? Why am I blanking yes. on the name of the novels? Left Behind. Thank you, <laughs> Left, Left Behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those were prominently featured in the church library where the left behind
2: books What do we do? And I'm totally switching gears here, but what do we yeah, do go for it with what do we do with uh dreams that don't come true?
1: Hmm. Like in the abstract sense.
2: Yeah. You know, it's like that it's like that prayer that's not answered, sort of speak, you know what I mean?
1: Huh. I think it feels like you have more invested when you feel like something is a dream versus like you're hoping that something's going to work out. If you like identify Mm -hmm. with something as like, this is my dream job or like, this is my dream relationship or my dream living situation. I think it just like sets you up for failure.
0: Honestly, Mm. like not to say that everyone's always going to be wrong. I don't know that at the same time though, that might be what like drives you to the thing that really, I don't know. Right. I think of like gets you out. Like, did you guys see the movie that uh, just recently came out? Tick, tick, boom. (gasps) Oh well,
2: <gasps> yes, oh I loved it. Yeah,
0: so it's about Jonathan Larson who wrote the musical Rent. Mm. But it's about him like putting his first musical out into a Broadway workshop and being critiqued by many huge names. And uh yeah, no, I just think of that movie about how like it's his dream to be the musical theater producer and composer and like there were so many points where he should have just he probably should have just given up, but the then we wouldn't have his musicals. Right. And,
2: and what's sad is he didn't get to see rent like come to life. You know what I mean? Like he didn't get to see his dream lived out Mm -hmm. in that sense, Uh, which what do we do with that too? You know,
0: it does give me a feeling. It does give me a sense of like something robbed him of that, you know, or like, you know, if we have a dream, it's like you feel robbed in some way if it doesn't come to fruition.
1: Yeah, but, like, isn't that just the trope of, like, someone who was able to see a future reality before we were? Like, not in the prophetic sense. Although, I mean, you could argue that that is prophetic. Like, the idea of truth. Oh, what What is, there's a good distinction I've heard for this. Like, not future telling, but, like, future forthcoming, almost. Like, by, like, announcing that this is the way you want something to
0: be it helps create that reality. That
1: sounds so new agey, but do you kind of know what I'm... Like
0: secret manifest. Yeah. Like just manifest that, dude.
1: Yeah, just manifest. (laughs) But like, (laughs) isn't that like the classic trope of like a visionary? Like you see the possibility of a reality before it's there. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. even if you don't live to see Mm -hmm. it happen, like the fact that you were able to see the possibility enables it to happen. Like Martin Luther King Jr. Or, I mean, you could argue Jesus. Like, I feel like I've never heard someone Ooh. give this interpretation before, but the idea of Jesus talking about the kingdom of God as if it is the grand vision or the grand dream, like this is the dream. Mm. Like, this is what wow. we can work towards. Yeah, And Jesus died and like left before it became a reality. But that's Oof. not to say it can't, I guess. I don't know. That's kind of like where my mind is thinking with like the idea of having a vision for something. I think that's such a classic happening where like someone comes up with an idea for something and starts it and doesn't get to see it come to full fruition. Yeah.
0: What do you think it Mm -hmm. could teach us if we paid attention to the 12 apostles who certainly had a dream and a vision for what the Messiah should be like or could be like, and then they lost him because he was crucified. Like, I feel like we could learn a lot of the 12 apostles just like in the three days from good Friday Mm. to Easter. You know? Yeah. Because those, those are the guys who lost their dream, Emily, I guess, to put it in that sense, like, from your question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, in some ways, they lost it twice. Yes. <laughs> oh. But do you think they would argue that they only lost it once, and then, like, the resurrection was, I don't know, like, it confirmed the things they had heard, and it energized them to the point of getting hmm. this this form of because really they still considered it a form of Judaism, right? It was the way Mm. they weren't calling themselves Christians. That didn't come until much later. So like, yeah, it kind of gave them the energy, though, to actually go forth because I don't think they they felt like they lost. Gee, I feel like more things made sense to them, especially like when you read the passages of, you know, they didn't understand what he was saying at the time. But when he was saying, like, it's better for me to leave so that the Holy Spirit comes They may have, like, connected the dots. At least the Gospels suggest that they started to connect the dots.
2: I think that's definitely a possibility.
1: Hmm. That is an interesting idea about, like, them feeling like they lost their dream in who the Messiah was going to be. Have you ever lost a dream? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think so. totally. (laughs) But, like, to be honest, I think one of mine... Was like not just to like stay in this realm talking about dreams, uh, but I think that one of mine was like when it kind of fell apart for me that I realized I didn't think I believed that God was speaking to me and communicating mm. to me through dreams and visions mm. or like telepathically or that like all of these signs and wonders that people talked about that we were supposed to seek out that they maybe could be like psycho social tricks that our brains were playing on us. Like, I think that mm. that was like a significant uh. one for me that, I mean, I think there's been like different ones along the way, like re- either like a relationship that didn't work out or a job that didn't work out or a, yeah, or, or just like something that ended too soon than I expected. Like, I think that we always have like those personal instances, but I think that a big one for me that was like almost a little reality shaking was that, that kind of raveling out of <laughs> belief in the supernatural. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Stephen, do you have one off the top of your head? yeah yeah I do actually so I think it's really easy it's certainly really easy because of the age we were but like when Dixie and I got engaged right I was uh 19 no I was 20 by like a week (laughs) um and then got married six months later and so like very much having uh just probably naive but just dreams of what our future would be like together married you know I think in that season, especially engagement, it's really easy to just like think of all the great times you're going to have and think about all the the things that are coming, if we're honest, like a lot further in the future than you want them to. Like I was 20 and we were envisioning like dream house, you know, dream job or whatever. And things don't go that fast. And I think we also had a vision and just kind of a sense of naivety where it was like yeah, we're just going to wait a few years before we like actively start to try and have kids and, uh, but when we do, it's going to be easy and things are going to go perfectly Mm -hmm. according to plan, you know? And, uh, certainly I've told the story plenty of times on the podcast, but having experienced two miscarriages in the process of trying to grow a family now, that, that was definitely a dream that caused some, some big moments for us in our marriage of just like kind of refocusing and just like realizing like oh things aren't going to be as easy as we thought they were going to be you know
1: mm. yeah mhm but at the same time like i could hear someone going the other angle with dreams and being like that's kind of the purpose of dreams for us to like imagine a world bigger than what we have now and when mm. we like break out mm. of when we break out of a reality that we thought was going to be whether it was life circumstances or belief or a job or a relationship or whatever, like like after we move past that threshold, I feel like that is dream territory of like, oh, like, well, now what? Like what I thought was going to happen didn't happen the way I expected. And like now I need to like be more imaginative about the present. Wow. Mm. I wow. could see someone going that angle. Like I think that's kind of beautiful,
2: that honestly.
0: Is, that is that's, pretty wild. That's
2: kind of the, yeah, that's kind of the angle that I was, actually thinking of when you Mm. guys were answering that question because I think about how there may have been things that I have would have wanted and maybe they didn't happen or they weren't possible but that pushed me to just explore even more like what is possible and Mm. how can that be possible you know why do I want it to be that way and I look at, like, where I'm at, like, right now. I'm literally sitting in my bedroom recording this podcast. It's a Sunday night. And right before we got on, like, Stephen could hear Thea in the next room, like, fighting to go down for the night. And, you know, like, I look at, I I see Christmas lights up. And I think to myself, like, this was not where I thought I would be, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years prior But it's exactly where I want to be. And I think of the dreams that I had of, you know, going to seminary and going to be a pastor like that stuff is happening. But it's all the other stuff in between that I would have never thought could be possible. That's happening right now. And that's Mm. what's so beautiful, you know, is not having your vision Of what you want so narrowed that you don't see all the things that are possible around you already. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really like about dreams is it allows you to see, you know, what could be, but not having such a narrow focus and excluding the possibilities of those things that you weren't expecting or those things that you weren't initially dreaming of. Like I always Mm -hmm. dreamt of being a mom. But I didn't know it was going to happen in this way. You know, like, I dreamt of having a natural birth. (laughs) Had a C-section instead. Would I go back and change it? Absolutely not. (laughs) Mm. You know, and, like, there are just things that happen. And whether they're meant to be or not is one thing. But the fact that they do happen in and of itself is a beautiful thing. So. I feel like that's,
1: like, more expansive than the initial way I was taught about dreams. Anyway, because, like, I feel like any time... I ever heard someone talk about dreams in the like classic Pentecostal, charismatic, prophetic sense, quote unquote. I feel like it was always talked about in the sense of like, this is what is going to happen, almost in like a predetermined way, which is like kind of mm. funny because usually those people aren't Calvinist. <laughs> usually Calvinists mm. are pretty cessationist and like don't believe in that kind of thing. But like that the dreams were so like always oh, talked about in like a, this is like almost concrete, like, this is probably what's going to happen. But then like if it didn't happen, you defaulted to like, well, you probably like interpreted it incorrectly. Mm. That's on you. Right. But I, I like that idea of like dreams can be often more expansive than uh, like a narrow vision on something. Like mm. often there's yeah. more than we can see. Mm.
0: It also reminds me of the way Emily put it early today of like the dream. And I think she we were talking in the in the sense of like resurrection but like the dream requires nothing of you it's just going to show up and you are going to experience it you know you know and and you can enjoy it you can fight it whatever but it shows up either way you know yeah whether that's you're literally sleeping and you're getting a dream you're having a dream like your brain is playing a dream for you or it's like a felt sense of some some sort of future
2: and one thing that you pointed out josh is. If we look at dreams as being more expansive and not so narrowed, there's no room for error. Whereas if it's predetermined, mm.
0: wow.
2: like you had just said, oh, well, you interpreted it wrong. Wow. Whereas if it's more expansive, there's no error. Like it, it just is. And you continue mm. to have dreams like you continue to explore, you continue to open up. That It doesn't mean that you did anything wrong or that there is something wrong. It just is like it can be mm. present and that's okay.
1: Almost the way that wow. dreams actually are.
2: What?
0: Wow. <laughs> we just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology.
2: If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between.
1: And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry. We're keeping an open book for transparency.
2: For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to
0: know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting. And thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music in full color. Ravel is a founding podcast of
1: the Highline Media Network. And here's a word from one of our sister shows, No Normal People.
0: Hello friends, this is Steven and Dixie Lee with No Normal People. We are hard at work on season three of the podcast that will be coming out April of 2022. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you.
3: Do you like rocks or beans or planes?
0: Yeah, I like beans.
3: We, people like those things. <laughs> and you might also like those things. And we would love to talk about it with you.
0: If you like those things or have other or passions other and things, interests that you want to talk about. It and doesn't you, have
3: to exclusively be those things.
0: We would love to feature you <laughs> on No Normal People. And you can sign up to be on the show by emailing us at nopeoplepod at gmail.com that's k n o w people pod or sign up on our show page at www.highline.network
3: and bonus points if you actually do want to talk about beans
0: i love beans i
3: like coffee beans
0: that's a good bean
1: and now back to the conversation
0: do you guys have any like specific good or bad dreams that you remember Having over the course of your life so far, like actual, you were sleeping, you had a dream, and that you re- oh. you still remember details from like vividly.
1: There's this one from childhood. I think I only remember it because I've told it so many times. The, <laughs> I just remember like the terror I felt in this dream. I like fell into a pit, mm. and there was like a creepy looking old lady in a rocking chair. And she was called the pit lady, partly because she was in the pit and also partly because there's peach pits everywhere. It was a confusing time. Um, But I don't remember anything else about the
0: dream besides, like, I was terrified. The pit lady. Mm. Pit lady. Wow, that's fun. I remember having a dream when I was, like, uh, this was during the time where I had started being taught by youth leaders to, like, pray for dreams that mean something. And I remember a dream that I had, like, I walked out... On my front porch where my parents used to live, where we used to live, like out in the country, I walked out in our front porch and I saw a buffalo like grazing on the grass. Just wait for it. And then I saw, because in the, we call it a neighborhood, but like we were very spread out, but in our neighborhood there was actually a mountain lion, like a territorial mountain lion that like lived in the area. So, in my dream, like, I I did a lot of thinking about mountain lions as a kid because I grew up in a place that had one. So, in my dream, I go out, I see this buffalo grazing, and then from behind it, I see, like, a mountain lion, like, pounce out of the grass and, like, charge the buffalo, and then the buffalo looked and, like, made eye contact with me with its really sad face, and then just, like, with one swift hind leg kick, just, like, demolished (laughs) the mountain lion. (laughs) Oh, my I remember talking about it in small group and having other kids try and interpret it as like, yeah, that's what evangelists do is we kick the mountain lions, face in.
1: What? <sighs> no. Oh.
2: oh what? Yep. What very vivid. What?
0: Very vivid that okay. dream is. Okay. Mm. That was that time of my life. Nope. Yeah, that was, yeah, so that was a weird one.
2: Um, I had a dream that I was, this was when I went through the phase of, I was obsessed with like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I had a dream that I was a pirate and was partners with like Will Turner and all of them. And it's so bizarre because like, I don't know why I felt the need to like, be obsessed like with parts of the Caribbean and all that but I just remember very vividly uh we were on an island and we were getting our ship ready and I ended up getting in a sword fight with I think it was Davy Jones but I I never knew how the fight ended I don't know if I won or if I lost um and that is something that every now and then not often but every now and then I'll be like huh You know, I I wonder, would I have really won a sword fight between Davy Davy Jones Jones and myself? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's so. If I was to interpret that, what do you think that means? Yeah. I, how the hell if I know?
1: (laughs) Well, obviously, it's a callback to when Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. (sighs) Josh. Obviously.
2: Josh, look at you.
1: Isn't that funny? See, it's you. so easy to make projections when your mind is just a correlation. Actually, machine. that's very funny.
0: Biblically accurate angels look like Davy Jones. <laughs>
1: that is so true. Look at um, that. <laughs> um, have I? I don't remember if I've talked about this on the pod. Have I told you my example of a dream interpretation that I was taught forever ago? No. About the tree? No. 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 Oh, okay. Well, what a perfect time. Okay, so um, this was back in- I can't
0: think of a um, better time to tell I this. I
1: literally can't either. <laughs> this was back in my uh, ministry school days when I was getting my Padawan of Divinity. And mm-hmm. uh, we were in a class about prophecy. And we did read a book. We haven't even talked about visions hardly. Um, We read a book um by one of the IHOP leaders called The Seer all about the idea of like how visions are like visual dreams that you see in reality, like augmented. Like now we would just call that augmented reality. But like- it was like a whole thing in the prophetic movement and that seers were like a different brand of prophet. And uh, that's like a whole nother situation. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, the, the prophecy class, I will like briefly talked about dreams and uh, stuff like that. And one of the instructors for that class was an was a psychiatrist. Like she's an actual psychiatrist, which is very impressive. Like you go to, you get like a master's degree usually, and then you go to med school and then you go to psychiatry school. And that is, it's like one of the most school degrees ever that's been created. Mm. Mm -hmm. So like she knows science and medicine and lots of things. And she obviously was a person who believed in Jesus and the supernatural and like charismatic gifts of the spirit and such. And all of that considered, I really respected her take on dream interpretation because she has a, like much more of a psychological experience than I do. And her example was... Like I want everyone in this room to write down, like imagine a tree and write down what kind of tree it is. So you can do this exercise with me if you want. So like think of a tree and then, okay. uh, here's a question for you about that tree. Is that an actual tree that exists? Mm. Like it is, is it uh-huh. a single individual tree that you have interacted with before? For me? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Okay. When you, okay. What are those trees? Let's just do this. What are those trees to you? Like, where are they, and what kind of tree?
0: Oh, mine is my favorite tree. It's in the backyard of my my grandmother-in-law. She has this very nice um, honey locust tree that grows out of the middle of her back porch and, like, gives shade to the whole back porch. Um, And it has some really nice spots to just, like, sit on its trunk, like, right in the middle um, and just kind of relax into it. It's... It's a, it's a literal mm. tree that I used to live with last mm. year.
2: Um, mine is the crabapple tree that's out in front of the Laurel United Methodist Church. I remember after church on mm. Sundays, I would go outside and climb it and throw apples at people.
1: Um, <laughs> wow! And it'd He's be scoundrel. a great
2: place to. I was yes, and it'd be a great place for hiding, and it was a great place to sit and to think. And if you were careful enough, you could actually get onto the roof of the church by climbing onto the tree. Whoa!
1: So. Adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my tree that I usually think of off the top of my head is this tree that is uh, now cut down. Uh, it was right oh. next to my parents' house, but it was the like neighborhood tree that me and the neighbor kids would play at and like build forts at, and, and now it's gone. Mm. Um, so if you had to ascribe a certain emotion, like one emotion, to your tree, what would it be? Mm. Or like an associated word? Peace. Mm. Yeah, mine would be comfort, I think. Mm. I think mine would be like nostalgia or mm. remembrance yeah. or something like that. Right.
0: Ooh, good word.
1: And so like she went through the whole room and like gave us this example of like individual symbols in a dream can certainly mean something to you. And it's very, very difficult to say that there are any universal symbols in dreams. Like that's why often a smart person who's writing like a dream interpretation guide gives lots of different examples like Steven you mentioned shade and like my first thought was like refreshment or re- like rest or comfort or mm. yeah uh, something mm-hmm. like that right. and like certainly like you can just like list a bunch of synonyms for like what trees actually do like they grow and they give shade and they they're strong <laughs> like you can just like <laughs> define mm-hmm. a tree and right. be like does mm-hmm. this mean this to you and I, I think that that it was just like such a i think such a good little case example of how careful people should be about dream interpretation in that mm. i think that whether you're talking about like a sleeping dream or like a dream for reality i think that we can like see our own meaning in things but it's difficult to generalize that to other people mm. if they're not the ones coming up with that meaning
0: yeah unless you're dr yeah. freud and then everything is sexual A hey. mm. hey. actually speaking of that my psychologist nerdy friends you two One more episode what do you think of... Thank you. One more episode. What do, you, what, what do we make of Freud and, like, Carl Jung doing, like, dream and subconscious interpretations? Ooh. That's, like, the secular version in my mind, right? It's, like, it's not Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dream about the famine right, or whatever. Yeah.
1: Well, that's why I appreciated her take so much is because she has, like, an educated psychology background. Mm. And mm-hmm. she certainly knows who Freud and Jung are. Sure. More than I do. And... I think that most psychologists these days would have a similar take to that. Yeah. Like maybe that. some are a little bit more heavy on like, well, yeah, you can like find the meaning in your dream. So like you should find the meaning. But I, I personally don't feel convinced that I need to do that. Like I had a weird dream the other night and I like woke up in the middle of the night and I like remembered the dream. And I was like, man, this is super weird. I got to, I got to tell someone about this tomorrow. Hmm. And then I woke up in the morning. I couldn't remember a thing. Am I like t- broken up about it? Not really. I've had that. I don't think there's like hidden meaning in my unconscious for me to uncover in that dream. Does that happen with some people and is that helpful for some people?
0: Yeah. Sure. I am very fascinated with the idea though of like, what is processing in your brain at night that gives us those Mm. uh, sometimes like herky jerky storylines or whatever. But like, I used to try and keep a dream journal, which was essentially like, keep a notebook by your bed and the second you are awake just flip it open and start writing things about the dream you remember just leaving or the one you had that night and sometimes I was able to look back at them and kind of start seeing themes but I never even tried to do anything more than that like I was just really curious about trying to like attempt that mental exercise of like how much can I hold on to before it all slips because I've had that that feeling of like I wake up in the middle of the night from just the most terrifying nightmare. Right. And like I get up and I go like get a drink of water or something. And by the time I'm like drinking my water, I've completely forgot what I was afraid of. But my body is still full of like, you're going to have to fight something Mm. soon. That's a that's a really weird feeling to have like your conscious mind lose what it's afraid of. But you knew and you know that like I'm awake at three thirty in the morning because I was Terrified of something in my dreams. Mm. That's very weird.
1: I think that's a good example of like, I think it can be a fun and fascinating mental exercise. Yeah. But I'm, I'm intrigued and a little puzzled by people who try to make it religious, but maybe Mm. it's just because dreams are mentioned in the Bible so much. Sure. Um, but I would Jacob's ladder, right? Hey, Jacob's ladder. ah. I would venture to say that maybe unless your dreams are causing you actual distress, Or you're having like a recurring dream that you can't make sense of. And it's like affecting your mental life. Yeah. I I think that maybe it's not as necessary for people to do. Mm, I mean, I think it can be like a fun and fascinating
0: exercise. Sure. Oh, I have a new idea. Go for it. In honor of Hollywood doing all sorts of resurrections of old stories Mm. with the Matrix coming back. Have we experienced deja vu? And how does that fit in with... This topic with dreams. Oh my god, I have one. Yes, give it to me, please. Because this is the weirdest. It's the weirdest sensation of being being like I have freaking been here before. Um, so I think
1: that I have experienced this, and I've remembered that I've had dreams about things, but it's always been like so subtle, or like it's always been about places that I've totally been before. That have been like, oh man, maybe I'm just making that up. Like I don't know. Mm -hmm. But this one time. I had this very vivid dream where I like saw some images on a body. And then I also heard a narrator describe what was happening. So I saw like two images of like a circular tattoo kind of thing. And I saw it just as the, the narrator was describing. Whoa. They got tattoos. His on the chest and hers on the inner thigh. And like that was the whole dream. Like, I, and I like, saw like the designs briefly. And I, was, like, man, I like woke up later and I could remember the dream. And I was like, that was... That was a weird dream, like there was no plot, and there was just short and that was weird and then later that night or the next night, I was watching a brand new episode of law and order s v u and it was like brand new, and one of the subplots was that one of the detectives had gotten his credit card stolen, so like in the midst of like whatever murder mystery thing they were doing, I don't even remember the rest of the episode, but one of the subplots was he was trying <gasps> I know to figure exactly out
2: exactly which episode you're talking about you like, exactly so which weird. episode you're talking, yep.
1: He's like trying to figure out who stole his credit card. It turns out it was his daughter. But the only reason he figured that out is because later in the episode, he gets a call from the credit card company because he's tracking down like whoever has his card. And they're like, yeah, they're they're like in like Portland or whatever, like somewhere. And it looks like here they got tattoos and I can see the records and he got his on the chest and hers on the inner thigh. And I'm like watching this episode and I like for a second, reality just broke for me. And I was like,
0: what the heck? yeah.
1: Yeah, this is a brand new episode. And like, I for sure did not see that in a trailer or something like this is not like trailer material. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Whoa. Mm -hmm.
1: And if you'd asked me back in the day, I would have been like, it was God. God wanted me to like know that God could communicate with me in a dream. Like, that's how I made rationale of it. But now I'm
0: like, I have no idea like what that was. That's so (laughs) weird. Yeah. Oh, how weird. What about you, Emily? Can you remember a time with Deja Vu? The Matrix (sighs) broke down.
2: Yeah. I can. I remember I was getting ready for my summer internship at Spearfish United Methodist Church and the pastor there, Scott McCurdy, we were having a conversation about, you know, how do we want to handle a uh, vacation Bible school for that summer? And I was talking to him about like volunteers and things like that. And I said, well, let, you know, let me sleep on it. And when I come back, you know, tomorrow, whatever, I'll, I'll have something for you. And I had a dream about Asking these certain people to participate in vacation Bible school. And literally the next day, that's how it unfolded. Mm. It was so bizarre because I didn't even think about those people until I had that dream. And then when I went to the church the next day, and the pastor was like, Hey, I have so and so on the phone. And I was like, So and so, like, I spoke to so and so on the phone in my dream and then like i answered the phone and the whole conversation unfolded of how they were going to volunteer for vacation bible school down to even like the snacks that were going to be served like that's wild. i dreamt that i dreamt that they were going to have this type of vegetable and like we were going to do this fun little science experiment with our drinks and blah, and that's exactly how it unfolded weeks later at
1: vacation bible school wild so i feel like in the christian explanation camp I've seen two different explanations arise out of that phenomenon. Number one is the like prophetic side of God is teaching you something about the future that is going to happen. And then the other side is like the retroactive ad hoc explanation of like, well, God was like revealing to you something that you would later be shown did happen for you to like have the comfort of God knowing what would happen. Like the faith of...
2: Which do you feel like is more common?
1: Uh, Which interpretation is more common? Yeah. Um, I mean, growing up, I heard the prophetic interpretation more often.
0: Yeah, I think it really depends on the group that you're talking to. Mm
1: -hmm. But those explanations are also so similar. They're both hinging on the idea that God knows the future and is revealing it to you.
0: Yeah, which I am not convinced of much anymore, becoming more of an open theist myself. So but it makes the lived experience of deja vu even weirder you know oh yeah i don't i feel like i don't have the specifics that you guys do but i remember having a period in my life where like i felt like it was hitting me probably once a week just that sense of like i've been here before oh it was a dream and a couple times it was like just innocuous dreams of like me uh, in a specific setting with my brother, right, like playing in the backyard or something, and you know, in my dream, things go poorly and we start fighting and i hit I hit this point where I was kind of curious uh, to pay attention to when I was starting to feel like i'm approaching something I've dreamed before, and I, I can remember a couple times like that scenario in particular it was like I can remember a couple times like seeing what felt like equivalent visual Cues of like, okay, I've been here before. He was wearing that in my dream. We were doing this right here in my dream. And then I knew what I could say to like make us start fighting. And then a few times, like, I would choose to not say it. And then the feeling of deja vu would completely go away. That's interesting. Mm, And it was interesting. It's so wild. I don't know. I really do not know what to do with that.
1: I think another thing that's fascinating to me about dreams is they often like actually two things. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, so all over the place with this idea. I'm glad we're talking about this. Um, number one, I think it's interesting that dreams are obviously internal. Like whether you believe they're internally or externally caused, they're very internal. Like you experience them in your sleep and they absolutely have the power to like affect your emotion or your opinion about someone. Like there's like the stupid stereotype of a, Wife getting mad at her husband for something he did in her dream. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just like a funny example, but uh, like, that, yeah. like, which i real...
2: definitely done. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's true. It's true. But, but
1: like, that just goes to show, like, dreams can absolutely affect your emotive cognition mm. and therefore affect how you feel about whatever else was in your dream. Mm. Yeah. Like, whether it's a person or a situation. And then, B, Crazy. I'm also interested in like the subjective nature of dreams in that. Like you always find your own dream more interesting than anyone else is listening. Do you tell your dream?
0: <laughs> <laughs> also
1: true, but it's because yeah. you experienced You're it. So I think. invested, and maybe we're just bad storytellers. I don't know. Oh, yes. that could be it. Yes, but like bringing that back to the idea of dreams being bigger and expansive sometimes than we initially thought they could be. Maybe the same is true. Like maybe mm. our dreams expanding. Maybe we're the ones who like actually experience that to its fullest Mm. than we could ever Mm -hmm. describe Mm. or maybe like in some ways that can be like the idea that dreams can affect our emotions uh, and the way that reality takes shape maybe we can also take encouragement from that in that we can literally imagine change I hate how new agey that sounds but like I I think that that's (laughs) like existentially true yeah like you can choose to have like whatever you want to call it a positive or a growth mindset or like, you can just always be, like, looking forward to what's next, and you mm-hmm. can literally choose your cognition about, and emotion about other people. I think that that's very meaningful, personally. Wow. I like yeah. that. That's beautiful. Okay, we should talk about the Bible. Oh, okay. Because, Emily, you said save it for the end. We referenced it sort of earlier. Like, the, the Bible totally... Should we? I feel like we
0: should. The pastor doesn't want to talk about because the Bible. the
1: Bible totally does talk about dreams and God communicating in dreams. So mm-hmm. I see why Christ- some Christians come to those conclusions.
2: Well, so here's something interesting.
1: Okay, there's Shoot.
2: 21 recorded dreams in the Bible. Okay, that was quick. 21. Did you look this total up? in the Bible? I
0: did. Yes. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I'm just curious. She also okay. went to seminary. Back <laughs> off, man. Jeez. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but. Sit, only 6 of those 21 are in the new testament
0: oh interesting what are the 6 paul's shipwreck joseph twice joseph twice yeah the father of god oh well the cuckold father of god <laughs> why does that make you laugh so hard that I guess is it's kind of true that is an old take <laughs> yeah but i think you think you had that
1: take last christmas yeah i think i did too
2: there's only one, only one is a woman dreaming.
1: Interesting, which is who?
2: That's what I'm reading. That's what I'm going to find out. It's all jo- Joseph, Joseph, Joseph.
0: These dreams are different than just like the Lord told me or whatever. Is it Elizabeth?
2: Because she did have a, she did have a dream, right?
0: I thought so. I thought it was before her and Mary meet in. Mary. Luke.
2: Right. Yes, that is correct.
0: So what else counts? So, like, Peter's vision of the sheet?
1: Are we counting that? Peter's vision. Oh, the uh, the wise men get a dream, don't they? Yes, they do. Possibly? Is it all three of them? Does it say it was all three of them? I don't remember. Oh, no, an angel came to them, right?
2: No, they had a dream because they were alerted to danger through a dream. Hmm. Which, that's interesting because they weren't Jewish. And they didn't know the scriptures, but they knew how to read and act on signs from God. And so...
0: Signs in the stars and signs in their dreams. Or you could argue that the
1: book of Revelation is also a type of dream.
2: (gasps) I know who the woman is. It's not Elizabeth. Oh. It's Pilate's wife.
0: Oh. Oh, interesting. What? Yeah. I remember this. She has the dream of him being, like, immortalized. Yes. Which... And Hello, fulfillment yeah. of that. He is in the Apostles' Creed, so. That is true. Yeah, so what do we do with dreams in
1: the Bible? Like, I feel like dreams are interesting because, like, if you if you believe that the Bible should be taken literally, dreams are something that we literally experience, but is not a mm. physical reality. Mm. and it, And sure. they're very subjective. So I feel like that, like, kind of throws a wrench in it a little bit if that's the perspective that you have on the Bible. But then I've also heard the angle of like, why were dreams and visions more prominent in the Bible? But like like you pointed out, Emily, in the Bible, they're only written down 21 times. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we, uh, we definitely have more dreams over our lifetime than that. Right. It's just that we don't always think that God is speaking through them.
2: Oh, there you go.
1: But I also hate to agree with the Calvinists a little bit, but just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean it happens today. Right. Or did. Oh. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh. I feel like that's a spicy take.
0: That's yeah, it's a little bit of a secessionist take, but along with some Bible metaphor take. That's fine. Mm-hmm.
1: But also yeah. just because I don't believe God necessarily was speaking through them, that doesn't mean it wasn't meaningful either. Mm-hmm. That's what I was just and, thinking. And like created something. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessary to have that take. Mm. Emily, how do you approach dreams from... Like a pastor point of view.
2: Ooh, a great question. I think that dreams can be a means of communication. And I also think that dreams are ways that we can connect both within ourselves and within a community. And it allows a form of creativity and expression and allowing the holy spirit to work through you and to show you possibility when you feel like there are none now that's not to that's not to put it on like such a pedestal where it's grandiose and like your dreams will come true and nothing will go wrong because then you enter into the realm of theodicy and then that's tricky i think it it's just meant to show you the possible and hmm. I don't necessarily like to use the words good or bad, you know, bad dreams. I don't really know if they're bad dreams. They're, are they bad because of what they invoke in you or are they bad for other reasons? The same goes for good dreams, like what actually makes the dream good? And we have a lot to explore with that. And so I think it just allows the door to be open and for you to say, okay, now Explore, go, you know, see what happens, see how God is, you know, present in your life and what are the things that you are envisioning, what are the ways that the Holy Spirit is working through you to make possible, and just go with it. You know, just don't put a cap on it, don't limit yourself, don't see the limitations, don't see faults or errors because, like I had said earlier, it's more expansive than that. Mm. So, not to narrow and focus in too much on it. But just to see where it leads you, where does the Holy Spirit lead you? Dream about it. Envision it.
1: <laughs> well, Happy New Year, you guys. Thanks for thinking about dreams and visions and deja vu with me. Yeah. It's like It feels like we've oh. done it before.
0: Weird. That's fun.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> well played. Do you guys have any other thoughts about dreams or visions before we go to sleep for the night in the podcast feed?
2: I'm just really looking forward to putting my head on my pillow and seeing what I dream tonight.
1: Mm. Yeah, sweet dreams, everyone. Mm. Uh, yes. Emily, does that mean you have like an ASMR style send off for us to fall asleep
0: to? Oh, that's fun.
2: Here's some white noise. Just kidding. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> before we end, we should say that our Patreon community is thriving over in Discord, and we're loving it. And Josh, as you said earlier. Uh, For as little as $3 a month, you could have access to bonus episodes and hanging out with us in Discord. I just recently created a text channel for D&D chat because I've been talking a lot about it, and I didn't want to annoy people in the general chat. So plenty of fun things are happening there, and you can find that on patreon.com RavelPod. We're also, what are we, on Twitter and Instagram, at RavelPod. At RavelPod. Nailed if you it. you don't already follow us. And there's a TikTok. Is that right, Josh? I'm not on, yeah, TikTok, are on TikTok, so we do TikTok. Know. Although,
1: to be honest, the TikTok is mostly just reposting audio from here. So if you already listen here, you don't have to follow us on TikTok. Sure. you
0: could if you're into it. Sure. Right. We're just trying mm-hmm. some things mm-hmm. out. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, we are.
2: Dipping our toes in the waters of the unknown.
0: Neat. Yeah. Dreaming. <laughs> just building our dreams, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I feel like I'm just going to keep riffing. Uh, Emily, do you have a word for us? Yeah.
2: I do. So this one is really special. So this was actually a song that my mom used to sing to me almost every night before going to bed by Lawrence Welk. So I'm going to sing it now for you. So if you don't like my singing, uh, just consider it as a joyful noise. So here you go. Good night. Sleep tight and pleasant dreams to you. There's a wish and a prayer. That every dream comes true, and so till we meet again. Adios, au revoir, Avida Zane.
0: Good night. That was so cute. Thank you. Good night until we meet again.
1: Adios,
0: au revoir, Avida Every dream comes
1: true, and now do we meet again. or au revoir, I'll be the same. Good night.
3: Hello, and welcome to No Normal People.
0: This is a show where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life.
3: You know how there's like famous people in the world that are known very well and how they go on podcasts? Yeah. Well, we don't do marketable that. marketable
0: names and yeah, an audience. Buzzwords, and, yeah, buzzwords, buzz names. Social followings. Yeah.
3: and John yeah. Buzz. and Well, we interview people like your Uncle Terry who collects model trains because he's normal.
0: We'll even interview you even if you don't have the cool trains that your uncle has. You can email us at knowpeoplepod at gmail.com or visit our show page on www.highline.network to sign up to be on the show.
3: And remember, the only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well.
2: Highline Media Network. Artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.